What is going on, Fantasy Alarm Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells. It's the Super Bowl Hangover Edition. And guys, what a game. Let me tell you, I guess the best way, if I could think of one word to describe that game, underwhelming comes to mind. How are you guys? And do you guys agree with me? Uh, Yeah, that was underwhelming. Um, you know, I was going for the Chiefs live not terribly far from Kansas City, only a couple hours. Um, been out here for, I don't know, almost 20 years at this point. So kind of basically a pseudo Chiefs fan at this point. Um, the only thing that disappoints me about, well, there's a lot of things that disappoint me about how the Chiefs played, aka they just didn't show up. But the most disappointing thing is it. I think everybody's going to forget that we all saw the 10 greatest incompletions in NFL history last night because some of those throws by Mahomes were just (laughs) ridiculous. I mean, he threw one literally airborne parallel to the ground. It went 45 yards in a perfect spiral, and he hit Daryl Williams in the face mask in the end zone. So, like, somebody, I think... I heard this earlier today, calculated that Mahomes ran something like 460 yards to avoid being sacked in that game. So, that <laughs> with turf toe, mind you. So, yeah. you know, congrats to, to Brady on the seventh ring. Um, I hope he retires soon so that mm-hmm. somebody else can have a shot at winning some more rings. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, As a 49er fan, I was none too upset to see uh, the Chiefs go down yesterday. I was a little upset to see that the Chiefs are actually called for holding this year, and they could have been called for holding several times last year. But, you know, I'm not still holding a grudge. Uh, But at the same time, Brady winning his seventh is completely underwhelming. Uh, The fact that there was no party, at least at my house this year, uh, and, and a pretty one-sided game all did uh, kind of leave everything a little to be desired but it's still the super bowl it was still entertainment uh you know money was still one nice saucy wings though i didn't know oh, yeah man i make good good wings what that was kind of what was, kind of wings were those we got to come back that's my family table it's gonna oh, be a super bowl snack so let's revisit that at the end nice i'm hungry man those wings i'm telling you made me hungry cells are you a wings guy uh, I am a boneless wings guy. Oh, so you, you know, love chicken tenders. Yeah, but chicken to chokes. paraphrase a uh, somebody who actually lives in Lincoln who made who went viral in 2020. I don't know how many people saw this, but he went to the uh, city commissioner office or the city commissioner meeting. Oh, I saw. Very this. seriously made a pitch to not call them boneless but. wings anymore. Yeah, that was from Lincoln, Nebraska. If anybody saw that. That guy's my um, that guy's my hero. Yeah, that, right that was with pretty him. funny. <laughs> so, no, I like boneless wings. I don't. I mean, I'll eat regular wings, but I prefer the boneless, spicy, like saucy nugs. We'll call them saucy nugs. That's one of the so, things that guy threw out. So, we'll do that. I do have a side note though. Has any quarterback gone through tougher competition mm. in the Super Bowl in three straight games? I don't I think mean, so. I saw that. Brady, I saw that as well. Breeze, Rogers, and Mahomes in succession. That's, That's kudos to the Bucks defense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, because Brady didn't really have to do very much in I any think, of those. Games. I think Eli Manning in 2007 went through. He had to go through hard. I know he had to go through at least. Didn't he have to go through like 
the Bucks, who are like one of the league's best defenses. And then he had to go through the Cowboys. And then he had to go through Favre and then Brady. Right, but I mean, right, but who were the quarterbacks for the for the Bucks and Cowboys? The, the Bucks, I the Bucks, I don't remember off the top of my head. The Cowboys was Romo. I don't right. remember. Who, by the way, last week, so I don't remember that 2007. Yeah, on the broadcast, Romo said he had trouble with the number nine, which I found hilarious because you know that was his number. He doesn't do so well with the number nine, though, when he's adding things up, apparently. Do you guys like him as a broadcaster? Do you think the yeah. novelty has kind of worn off, or do you think that he's been literally kind of like how a lot of people view him, like the best thing since sliced bread and worth like 17 mil? I still think Collinsworth is better, oh. but, but Romo is up there. Collinsworth Romo, is Romo's the, number it, two in my book right now. Collinsworth is the narrator in my nightmares. Uh, uh, I like, I'm almost fine. I don't really get overly excited about good commentating. Bad commentating certainly can ruin a game. Uh, like the Monday Night Football last year with Booger and all that. Yeah. Uh, but well, that I was mean, terrible. Romo's good. I mean, he, he knows what he's talking about. He sees stuff like as it's happening. 17 million. I don't, you know, he's making more than he did when he was playing. I'm not sure I, you know, quite get on board with there, but. He doesn't. He doesn't thrill me nor annoy me. Yep, I got to give our guy Jim Bowden a little bit of credit too. I was on the Fantasy Alarm with him show with him on Sirius XM a couple of weeks ago, and I actually asked him. I found a prop. I was like, "Ha, Jim, this prop will a fan run on the field? Point five. <laughs> and he's very seriously told me, "Yeah, it's going to happen." And I'm like, "But Jim, there's not as many fans. Like, I feel like it'll be more easy to secure." And he's like, "No, oh, it'll happen." And it happened. The streaker. Did Romo bet that? Because I saw him tweeting out that it was plus 10,000 or something. What? Did Ronas bet the fan on the field? I don't think so. He tweeted about it. Oh, dude, he would have texted me. Bro, I won 2,000, man. (laughs) He would have texted that to me. He would have. Anytime Ronas will win, he will let me know that he won. I haven't heard. I saw there's a radio call available. Uh, of the streaker, which I haven't listened to yet. I, I, I don't know. Of, um, yeah. Yeah. Of Harlan or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Harlan. Pull your pants up. <laughs> I don't know that they, you know, I know they stopped showing it on TV as like a way to like try to deter people from doing it. But I'm not exactly sure that you're, you, you got to be pretty drunk to like jump out on the field. So I'm not sure not getting shown on TV is really deterring people from doing this. If a pandemic in the Super Bowl with barely anyone in the stands didn't stop anybody, well, I'm not sure what will. Well, here's here's something that I thought of because apparently there was a close up and the guy had a shirt on, clearly advertising something. And it makes me wonder if that company went to him as like, look, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We'll take care of the jail bond, the fees, any court fees we'll pay to try to get get the whole thing expunged and stuff. Like I'm sure. I'm sure there was an under-the-table deal that was about, if not six figures, very close to it. Yeah, I didn't know it was on the shirt, but that's a good possibility. I mean, the only problem is that guy's never... The underwear he was wearing. He's never going to be able to go to a live sporting event again because that guy will get banned from (laughs) every stadium. Um, Also, I saw the 
when they tag when the security guy tackled him, it was a pretty solid hit. It was a better hit than any Chiefs linebacker laid on anybody during the game. So, you know, it, think about it. Think about when when Hank Aaron broke the home run record. He had two guys trotting along from second to third with him the whole time, trotting along. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's weird. Yeah, but then again, security was also freaking out because there were two white dudes in Atlanta circling up a black dude for breaking a white guy's record. So, like, I've heard clips of the security guys that are like, yeah, we were real nervous about that because we weren't sure if they were really trying to celebrate with him or if they were going to do something else because it's the South and (laughs) it's Hank Aaron breaking a white guy's record. So... Luckily, nothing happened. But yeah, the security guys in that clip. Have I, I said, did. I did. I was not expecting that response from you. From me just bringing that up. That's a very interesting sells. But it came to mind. Yes, I. I did. But when it comes to overall the Super Bowl, going back to that, it, it was just you know. Again, I thought I had the over. Missed out on that. I had Patrick Mahomes. Over 325 and a half passing yards. He was stymied and he still got pretty close to that number, all things considered. Not like very, very close. But, you know, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the Bucks they were ready. They were prepared. But, guys, let me ask you this. And this is something that I'm just wondering. The whole taunting thing, is that just being overplayed? It's sports. It's trash talking. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, it's not as big of a deal. And like a 15 yard penalty can be a really a, a game changer. It's, it's basically a guaranteed first down, uh, unless you're really in some serious third and long. Uh, I didn't think the Winfield one was all that long or like cruel or, yeah, he just, you know, he threw his sign back in his face for a second. Uh, but it certainly has been a point of interest. You see a lot of that call now. Uh, it's funny that they like eased up on celebrations and now taunting is such a bad thing. So uh, it's kind of not, you know, not along the same vein because, you know, celebration is something good and taunting is taunting. But yeah, I I think that they could ease up on that in 2021. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, if you're going to call it, they called it both ways. They got the chiefs for doing it and they got the bucks for doing it. Um, I had kind of more of a problem with the fact that early in the first half, they let Jensen, the center for the Bucks, basically shove the crap out of the defensive tackle for the Chiefs. And then when the tackle came back to say something, they got the, the Chiefs guy. But then Brady literally ran after um, Tyron, Matthew. What, Tyron Matthew to go talk crap to him. And they got Tyron Matthew for doing it. I didn't understand that. And then the Winfield one I got because, like, Tyree Hill is still, like, you know, he's slowly getting up and the guy's chucking deuces in his face mocking his touchdown celebration that he does, which I get, you know, scoreboard, whatever. T.O. Um, used to do that. Yeah, I mean, obviously. He also pulled out his pants. T.O. used to do that. Didn't he yeah, run to the? Didn't he run to the star before he was a cowboy? Yeah. That was when he was on the 49ers. Star, he he cheered with the cheerleaders. Yeah, he did the he did the dirty bird dance? Yeah, exactly, Sharpie, right? Yeah, the Sharpie um, was him too, or was that Joe Horn? That no, Joe, Joe Horn got Horn the cell phone. That was good. Well, that's not. I don't. Joe think Horn got sh- the cell phone. That's yes, right. you're right. <laughs> Joe Horn got the cell phone. Um. So I don't know. I think there was. It was kind of interesting to watch them get the Chiefs for both retaliating and. 
I guess, starting but not retaliating and then get the Bucks later after a t- after an interception where it didn't really matter if they called the yeah. thing or not. Um, but I did think some of the calls early in the game were ticky-tack a little bit. I don't know that it ultimately made that big of a difference. With oh, the I think it made a big difference. Well, I mean, how many pass interference did they call? The one ball so, hit the back wall out of the end zone. They call it pass interference. So unless the guy had go-go gadget legs, he wasn't <laughs> staying inbounds and catching a ball that right, hit the back that wall. That made a difference. But I'm saying, like, if you think about it, the Chiefs never really rallied in oh. the second half. So it's not like, well, if they don't call this, it's a one-possession game, right? The, like, they got stymied. Now, I will say that it probably took some of the edge off the Chiefs' defense because they didn't want to get – keep getting called for holding calls. The one, the pick that the Chiefs got that was then overturned, that was a cheap defensive holding call. Because Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think Evans got turned. He ran a button hook route, which means he was automatically turning anyway. So I don't really know exactly what the Chiefs defender could have done. Meanwhile, Travis Kelsey got saddled a couple of times before the ball was even thrown and nothing was called there. So... But ultimately, the Chiefs just didn't show up. Their defense didn't stop the Bucks enough times, and Andy Reid was completely outcoached. They never changed what they were doing. They never ran screen passes. They never ran play action. I mean, the Bucks only blitzed five times and still hit Patrick Mahomes like a dozen times. So, yeah, I think I, I think the the injuries to the offensive line for the Chiefs is, is really ultimately what turned the game, uh, that and and the referees. Because, I mean, think about it. It was, you know, that that other touchdown where he got, like, a second and third chance. If they kick that field goal, uh, you know, then it's, you know, it's another four points that the Chiefs are closer. They start maybe, change, uh, you know, calling different plays. But it just Mahomes just couldn't get in a rhythm all night long. The, the Bucks were in his face. It seemed like every play. If he was rushed 55% of the time, it sure seemed more like 75 uh, and, I, and I think ultimately that is what undid the Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes, as much as I don't care for him as a player, I understand his talent. Uh, the dude did, like you said, how, how much did he run around trying to get away from this pressure? And he did a really good job most of the time. And when he finally does get balls away, you know, guys are dropping him, hitting him in the face. It just, just nothing went their way yesterday. Uh <sighs> But I think ultimately the the woes on the offensive line uh, would be the story of the game. Yeah, I dozed off twice during the game yesterday, to be honest with you guys. And no, I didn't have too many drinks, if that's what you were thinking. None of that. I just, like, I was bored, man. I was bored. I was was hoping for a back-and-forth score and score. And none of that, man. I mean, look, Brady got a few of his touchdowns. He looked very good. I mean, he did. I know, like, the whole, like, taunting thing and stuff like that. But, I mean, look, Antonio Brown was able to catch a touchdown. It's so funny. All these, like, Patriots dudes are, like, now winning rings, not on the Patriots. <laughs> Him, Gronk, Brady. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable to see. Now, By the guys, way, former Jaguars also got Super Bowl rings last night, too. Right. right. Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator for the Bucks, Leonard Fournette, and Blaine Gabbert now has a right. <laughs> Right. That's right. <laughs> Guys, let me ask you one more thing and then we're going to we're going to move forward with something else here. Is it just me or have the commercials for at least the last decade, decade and a half have absolutely sucked? Because here's the thing. Maybe it's just because I'm in the business of 
entertainment and broadcasting and I see things more critically and different in every fine detail. These commercials just try too hard. Mm. I'm sorry. The Jason Alexander one freaking sucked. <laughs> oh, it's Joe, my God, it's George Costanza from Cypher. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, it's my face. Who gives Seriously. <laughs> it was uh, Will Ferrell, and then the rest could go, have gone away yesterday. Will Ferrell is the only one that I still remember. Uh, and The Shaggy uh, one was good. Yes. Okay. The Doritos. <laughs> the Shaggy one. The Shaggy one was good. You know, again, it went a little far, but like. Yeah. It was. I, like, I like the McConaughey one too. The Doritos 3D McConaughey one, where he was, where he was like paper thin, and yes. then tried to Doritos and got stuck in the vending machine. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you. I thought they were. There was a lot more. I would say morality commercials. For this year's Super Bowl, like the Jeep one was cool, but like that was all about, hey man, let's go find morals and come together, and we all stand on the same, uh, you know, piece of land and all that. Like that was cool, and it's apparently Springsteen's first ever commercial, so that was. How about know. this one, the Michelob Ultra Serena Williams commercial? It made no sense to me. Yeah, it's like fake- Michelob Ultra, dude, to do. Oh, look, it's Serena Williams and her friends singing karaoke on the couch. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> the, You're getting the, old. You're getting old, Fancy. The, uh, I, I, I guess I just, just want the commercials to be good again. Like, yeah, I thought I, the Budweiser like lemon promise. one, though. What? People getting pelted with lemons. I don't the, think the I saw Bud that Bud Light lemonade seltzer. Like, the Ugh. hard seltzer. I'll have to look, look at that one again. People I see, but like, I see, but like commercials now. I'm like, does anyone really drink that still? No, well, I drink. I the seltzers, yes, yes. Seltzers, I don't drink yes, the seltzers. And my buddy, my buddy Phil Backert will always drink Bud Light. But I mean, I I thought it was pretty. Somebody pointed out it was pretty funny to have a Pepsi halftime show where the singer was talking was singing all about Coke. I believe that was <laughs> our friend Drew Phelps. That, or at least that's what I saw. <laughs> yeah. I saw it on Twitter from somebody. I'm not sure if Drew retweeted it or something, but yeah, all of the weekend song. Then he looked like he was on Coke when he got lost in his own stage. That was weird, like, too. I did not care for that entire <laughs> That became an instant GIF sensation on Twitter, though. You know, you know what? You want to hear something funny? So being, we, we did a prop contest on Alarm After Hours, and so I told my wife, I'm just like, hey, I'm going to, when the weekend was coming up, I'm going to take a shower. Can you just, just, all you got to do is just text me what song the weekend sings first. That's all I need to know. And I lost. I thought it was going to be the chalk blinding lights. Nope, it wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah, the game, the game kind of sucked. So, guys, this is where we talk about what's next. Oh my God, football's over. What are we going to do? How are we going to survive without Ryan Hallam's weekly game previews? How <laughs> I'll survive. are we going to survive? Well, I'm going to tell you how you're going to survive. Because especially all those that really dabble in just the football, the winning only stops when you allow it to stop. Because the opportunities at FantasyAlarm.com are still there for you. For instance, the NBA team is churning and burning a ton of NBA content Every single day, we're talking everything from live streams to wager alarm content from Adam Ronis to value vaults, DFS playbooks. 
a starting five video that I put out as well. I mean, you got so much help with you as well, especially if you play season long. I got you there too. Then you drive over to my buddy Matt Sells, and he's getting you ready for everything NASCAR related. And for now, Mr. Sells, I pass the checkered flag over to you and tell you to just briefly tell the people what they're getting if they want to learn how to dominate and win some quiche playing NASCAR. So you're getting full coverage for every single race in all three NASCAR series. Uh, That means truck series racing covered by Dan Malin. Xfinity will be covered by Dan Malin and a little bit of me occasionally. And Cup Series Racing covered by me. What does full coverage mean? You get projections every week. You get DFS rankings every week. You get a track breakdown that gives you every stat you'd ever want about every driver in the field. And then, oh yeah, me telling you which ones you should be looking at in a in a DFS coach. Hell you get yes. playbooks for all three races every weekend. You get core plays for all three races every weekend. What does that mean? We literally tell you who the best players, the best drivers are to put in your lineup, and then you just go build them, and you watch the winnings come in. It's starting with Tuesday night's clash. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, (laughs) there's already a playbook out for the clash. I've literally given you 14 of the 21 drivers you should be playing. (laughs) <laughs> Read it, plug it into FanDuel or DraftKings, and you'll be good to go. I mean, By the way, I can attest to this. Package. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. NASCAR package, 90 bucks for the season. Sounds like a lot, right? Well, there's 92 races that we're covering, not including the All-Star race, which makes it 93 races. So it's less than a dollar a race. Less than a buck a race. And if you want it for cheaper, go plug in the promo code FEBRUARY. When you buy it, you'll get 40% off the package. Then it's like 50 cents a race. Why aren't you doing this? You should be buying the package. I, uh, I, is that I too hard of, I'm sorry, wait, Hal. Is that too hard of a promo code, February? How many people are going to spell February wrong? Okay, Feb- fine. F-E-B-R-U-A-R-Y. February. Now I've passed I, oh, Come on, you've been in this business since the beginning of time. People's- February. People can't spell in general at all anymore, so that's a whole other problem. So much, but, but I will say, check some of these promo call. codes. I love, I love what we do. February. We got to think. Of, we, people need just like boom, and you got it. Like spell check will literally tell you if it's right or wrong. <laughs> will it really? Okay, that's yes. good. That's actually good. That's very helpful. Actually, is that a tool will... site you made? <laughs> No, it literally, the internet tells you if things are right or wrong. No, the internet does. But will people know, hey, plug it into Google, and it's like, oh, it's F-E-B-U-R-A-Y. Why, where's my program? Better yet, better yet, just take your mouse and hover over the time on your computer, and it'll literally tell you the date and how to properly spell February. Look, you're so smart. You're so smart. Now, Ryan Hallam. You I'm at a question like 10 minutes ago. No, I was just going to say last year when all the sports were shut down that I dabbled in NASCAR DFS. And thanks to Matt Sells, he helped pad my my bankroll as we headed to when sports came back. So I could personally attest to the quality of the playbook. Yeah, that was like, oh, and best bets. Forgot all about best bets on Wager Alarm. That's, by yeah. the way, description. You and, have to pay for Wager Alarm separately, but we'll have best bets for every race, too. And um, from when I started too. doing best bets. In about two-thirds of the way through the 2018 season and then through the end of the 2019 season, of the 36 races I covered, my cover photo 
driver won the race 28 times. Oh, the opposite of the Madden curse right there. Out of Love 36, that. you all can do the math, but that's a pretty good percentage. If you want to win, that's how you win. And you know what? Please, I mean, you think I know the most about NASCAR? No, I just go to the site and then sell, I read the sales content, the mainland content, and I win. That's how it goes. Ryan Helm, now you, we talked about your game previews, but you also at this point, besides making sure all of our NBA and NHL projections are just too sweet, you also are helping out a little bit with the fantasy baseball Jim Bowden draft guide that we have, my friend. What's so what let me ask you this, man? The draft guide, it's living. What do you got in there that people need to read right now and not wait to the last seconds? Like morons! I have an article on head-to-head leagues, which is my preferred method of pet play over uh, Roto Leagues all year long, that you catch a couple bad injuries and by Memorial Day you're already out of it, or you're playing in a league where six people are out of it in July, and then you go to make a trade and you just trade, you know, leave trades and, and people just don't even pay attention or, or make any moves or, or anything like that, which is really friggin' boring. Uh, head-to-head, to my opinion, I won't give you know, too much away the article, uh, keeps everyone involved uh, in it more uh keeps everything more exciting so you can read that article for all the reasons why i think that i agree uh, yeah it's so much better yeah, and you know what do roto head-to-head if you're that hard up for roto uh but anyway uh and then i have another one for the universal dh which i don't still think has been agreed upon yet no uh dude, i don't know if that's gonna happen bro i think it, i i think it will i mean i, I don't see will yeah, it's it win. It's a win-win. The union likes it because it's another high-paid player on the National League teams, and the te- and the players like it because some old-ass guys who can't play the field get you know have you know another half of the league to chance to to you know to catch on with. So, yeah, so uh, I, I do think the Universal DH will happen, and so it's a it's a little bit of a, a, a talk about the the position. Uh, if it's not this year, it's going to be next year, and then some targets uh, that I like for for National League teams. Uh, that damn makes makes your whole draft a little bit deeper. So we just covered a number of sports right there. All the content you have, esports content from our boy Sean Mitchell as well on the site. We're always getting you ready. That's the thing. We're like the friend that never leaves you, like it or not. We're attached at the hip. That's what family is for. And yeah, there's like of- nine sports we're covering right now. Yeah, and it's awesome. And that's nine sports that people are winning. I think that's how math works. So speaking of family, guys, let's end how we always end. Let's go around for the family table. So with that, Ryan Hallam, I'm a little hungry, my man. So please pay off the tease from earlier in the Family Times episode. What you got for those saucy wings of yours? I was going to ask you guys what's your favorite thing that you ate yesterday. But if you want to talk about the wings, that's that's air fryer. Dude, it's your right family table. If you want if to you, know we, we, the world's if, your oyster. If you if you don't have an air fryer, I highly recommend getting one. Uh, those go in the air fryer with some garlic, some salt, some pepper, basil, uh, smoked paprika, and a little cayenne. And then the the uh, sauce is a little combo of buffalo sauce, ranch, and some butter. Mix that all together for some wing greatness. Uh, and Mexican pizza, regular pizza. We did some homemade boom boom shrimp yesterday. We ate like uh, kings and queens, well, king and queen at my house yesterday. So I hope you guys did as well. Uh, yeah, we had um, some classic Belvita and Rotel dip with ground beef in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, spinach and artichoke dip, put out a nice little uh, veggie fruit and cheese platter. 
Um, had some bagel bites for the kids because those things are delicious. Sure. Yeah, even for adults too. I yeah, still man. Little Smokies. Those things are awesome. That is one thing we didn't have that we normally do. Yeah, the Little Smokies are hard to walk past in a grocery store and <laughs> not eat. And then I had some strawberry um, shortcake ice cream cones for dessert because you know I'm like six years old. Nice. So, so that's what we did for the. <laughs> we didn't have anybody over, obviously. COVID. Don't want to. You know. Also, it's freezing cold here, and nobody wants to go outside. Like yes. it literally didn't top four degrees here today, uh, with wind chills of about fifteen below. So it was pretty chilly. Nobody wants to go outside, <laughs> so we all stayed inside. Was and that your family table cells? Is that it's really cold where you are right now? No, I'm just tossing that out there because I would really like to get outside of my apartment once in a while, but it's like I got to choose if I want to. So, what's your family table then? My family table is I'm excited for NASCAR and baseball season to roll around. These are my two favorite sports. Um, You know, I don't think it's it's hard to tell by uh, my excitement when I get to write about these sports. Um, Do I wish the universal? dh would be a thing no i actually don't i don't want the dh at all personally um but i am in the extreme minority with that opinion so we'll we'll save that view (laughs) for another time but yeah i would i would say gear up for baseball it's going to be fun we're going to get a full season this year um you know there's some pretty pretty intriguing moves that have happened and some sneaky value can still be had in fantasy baseball drafts um and make sure to check out the Fam, the uh, the fantasy alarm baseball draft guy, because we Great. just dropped some um, front office insights. Just came out today, the first batch of those. Uh, I just updated my old faces, new places piece for like the seven trades and signings that happened last week. Um, we got projections coming out soon, more rankings coming out soon. So yeah, check out NASCAR and baseball stuff. Nice, love that. I mean, again, fantasyalarm.com. Get the hookup. For me, guys, yesterday, and I know that you both know this, I both, I thank you both very much for reaching out, and to everybody out there too. Yesterday was also my birthday, so I was eating, I was eating uh, some Carvel cake. I'm a big Carvel ice cream cake guy, so had to have my Carvel ice cream cake. So I thank the wifey for that, but also, you know, I want to thank everybody for, you know, of course, wishing me well. I also ate a chicken sandwich and a ton of French fries and. Ryan Howell, most importantly, man, you sent me a Twitter video that was very, very nice and might have been the sexiest thing I've ever received in my entire life. And now that not only you shared it with me, but the entire world on Twitter and everybody who follows both you at Fighting Chance and me at Fenced Sports. So I just want to thank you for that, Howell. And that was very nice. You even sang. I don't know if you, you remember this or how coherent you were. I, had, you I was completely sober when I did that. Too. Wow. Well, you even sang me partial happy birthday. And I appreciate that as well. <laughs> it was I, it was my Marilyn, Man, uh, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Monroe to John F. Uh, it seemed like Marilyn Manson. For the yeah, man, there's, a there. big, there's a big difference between Marilyn Monroe, and Mar- especially right it, now with all the crap I Marilyn know, right? Manson's. It, uh, it worked out that your last name has the same number of syllables as president so i was able to do mr fensterman thank you guys Uh, very much it was very very nice of you and you know always always dominant with all you guys at fantasyalarm.com but especially with you two on the family times podcast more fun coming up we're gonna get you i want some credit for sending you that sexy picture of the nba jam arcade game (laughs) 
Yes. Almost. No, you get that too. Now you might have been the tenth person to send me that, but it's okay. <laughs> or sales, you know what would have been awesome if you sent me the NBA jam. I'm you sorry, won- I like you, but I'm not gonna drop four hundred bucks on Bro, the- you've won like mad awards in the industry, man. You can <laughs> you can afford to send me a four hundred dollar arcade machine. Are you paying me four hundred dollars for shipping on that as well? Okay. No, that's 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 too much right there. I believe that'll be about thirty. I've estimated this before, considering I have one of these games, that it's about thirty-five dollars for shipping. That I'll pay for. You pay for the rest of the game. We'll call it even. That's that's a that's a nice little trade right there for you, for all you fun traders out there. See, this is see. I you guys know I don't like to f- play fantasy sports for trading, but in life I'm down to make a trade for Matt sells. Ryan Helm, I'm Justin Fensterman. Let's continue to always dominate. No other option. Football's over. Who cares? So many sports to win. Let's do it.